Man, I just want to echo um, what Rian just said. I've really been like stirred for the last two weeks or so. That feels like God is is going to bring a fresh, new passion and excitement, and like a burning for Him and for His ways. And I, it feels like as the world gets worse and worse, I think something of the Spirit of God is going to get like more powerful in us. And then I was hoping for some kind of an amen or something. <laughs> and I, I think it starts. It starts with the heart, actually. And so we are, we are kicking this series off. We, we were talking the other day, I think on Friday. It's like, as long as this thing's got life, we're going to hoi it. And we're going to trust that God is going to do something in us. And so for those who are here that have been saved a very, very, very long time, like Leon, because he's ancient. Where is he? It's like a million years old. <laughs> yeah, I see I'm getting you back. Um, please don't fall into the trap of going, man, I've heard this before. Uh, it's for someone else. Going back to the basics is actually really, really, really important. And throughout biblical history, someone said, Amen, well done. Let's get Pentecostal this morning, you know what I'm saying? And so if you look at biblical history, throughout the Bible, people, people are called by God and they do well and then they suck and then they don't do well. And then God me- me- messes them up and then they get come back and get called by God and they do well and then they suck. And it's just, it's a pattern of actually every single human being on the planet who's ever lived and who ever will live. And so we're going to be speaking about salvation today. Don't be put off. If you, I've been saved for 40, 30, 40 something years now. I've been saved for a long time myself, but we forget. (laughs) We lose the wonder of the cross. We lose the wonder of what salvation is so often. And so if you are here and you're saved for a long time, please don't switch off because I think you're just going to rob yourself. For those who are here that aren't saved, we are going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service that hopefully I'll make sense of something that you'll meet Jesus for the first time. And then there are others here that you might need to recommit yourself to him. You've slid away from him. You've become cold in your heart towards him. You're trying to live your way. And so we're going to make a call for that. And then lastly, we brought this cross. In my mind, I thought it was bigger. I said to Ryan, I've got this big cross. In my house, it looks big. But in this house, it doesn't look that big. But anyways, what we want to do on, with the cross is we've got some posters at the back there. We want, to, we want you to write names of family members, friends, colleagues, random citizens. that you, And we want to write their names on a piece of paper. We want to stick them to the cross as a, like a declaration of our desire and our passion to see them saved and come to the knowledge of Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, And so... That's what we're going to do at the end, so we'll start there. But let's look, at, um, let's look at matters of the heart this morning. So I want to read a scripture um, from, uh, it worked. I'm trying new technology today, so I'm older, so I'm trying to get used to this. But in Ezekiel, many, 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 many hundreds of years before Christ actually walked on this earth, there was a prophecy and a, and, and, and a promise, and it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And so many, many years before Christ came and hung and died and rose again, many years, there was a prediction and a promise and a, that God wants to put new hearts into every single person. The other scriptures, they talk about, I will pour my spirit out in the last days on men and women, young and old. It's, it, there's, no, there's no class or it's for everybody. <laughs> and so what we're hoping to do or hoping that God will do is he will continue to build 
that new heart in us. It's called sanctification. Sanctification is you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you humble himself bef- yourself before him, you accept him as Lord and Savior, you're forgiven of your sins, and then your journey with him begins. Until the day you see him, we hopefully are becoming more and more like him. Yeah, someone got excited. Who was that? Kim, that's why you're here today. And so maybe your heart is slid. That's fine. Maybe you're passionate. That's fine. Maybe you don't know him. Hopefully you're going to get in your heart this morning. It doesn't matter where you are. It's just we've got to keep on coming back to, man, God, I'm here for you. I want to live for you. I want to worship you. I want to make decisions that you are happy with. Okay, Kim again. So Kim is in. And, and Rian's getting it. We're getting there. We're getting there. And so as you sit here, maybe say, maybe like say, hey, God, where's my heart at? Am I passionately burning on fire for you and your kingdom? Or do I come to church on a Sunday because it's a religious act to do and I come in, come in and go out and then I live my life like I want to? That is not Christianity. That's something else. Thank you. Well, it's the Lord, hopefully. But it's like, <laughs> but where is your heart this morning? And hopefully, if your heart isn't in the right place, God will kickstart it. I can't do it. Only he can do it. So let's look at a scripture that we, were, we know really well. Um, and I want to do, you know, we all know John 3.16 super well, but we never put it into context. So let's start putting it into context. So actually, Jesus is saying this. These are his words. He's speaking to a man named Nicodemus. He's a teacher of the law. And he's going, like just before this, he's like, hey man, how does a, a grown man get born again? Because Jesus said you need to be born again. You need a new heart. The heart of stone needs to dissipate and the heart of flesh needs to come or the new heart needs to come. And he's going, but I don't understand. Like, how do I get born again? I'm old. Can I go back into my mom's room? And, and, and Jesus is like, dude, you're, you're, you're a teacher of the law and you don't even know these simple things. And what he wasn't getting was it's a heart condition change. It's a getting born of the spirit of God, the living God. And uh, so he eventually says this, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Whoever believes may have eternal life in him. And so Jesus is taking an Old Testament thing that happened with the Israelites. Remember, Israelites were doing their own thing, going away where their hearts weren't close to the Lord. He sent serpents, vipers, to take them out. It's quite crazy. Think about that. <laughs> it's crazy. So Moses is God. What, how, do we, how do we get through this? How do we? And, and God says to him, hey, make a snake, put on a pole. That's actually, if you look at the medical, medical badge, is the pole with a snake on it? Is it with connections? Hey. And even just as the people looked at the pole, the snakes would bite them and they wouldn't die. And Jesus is saying, I'm that. I'm, that's a picture of me. I have to be put on a cross. I have to bleed and die. <laughs> I have to be bruised. I have to be broken. I have to be ridiculed. Just as that snake went up the cross. And if anyone looks at me, if anyone believes in me, if anyone opens their heart to me, it's so beautiful. Whoever believes, eternal life will come. Yeah, that's beautiful. Like if we miss that, if we lose the heart of that, man, you're going to be like, you're going to do Christianity on a religious level and you're never, ever going to experience Jesus for what he really is. Thank you. Again, like two goods in a row. I'm like, 
Eternal life is this, John 17, 3. Eternal life is that we know him. It's a relationship. <laughs> so Jesus came, he hung, he died, he rose again. Amen. And I think I mentioned it last week at, at Brackenville. I'm so glad I changed my preacher. It could have been really awkward if I preached two in a row. Because then they would have known, like, Tupperware preached this morning. But I didn't. So that's at least a good thing. Thank you. We're like, so, but Jesus is right now in heaven. What is he doing? I did, the, I did use this last week, I think. What is he doing? He's interceding on our behalf. Man, he came. He died. He rose again. He sent his Holy Spirit so we don't have to do this alone. But he's also praying for us. Like that's so Jesus. Like if I was him, like I'd be, I've done my job. I went, I became a person. I died. I bled. They ridiculed me. I rose again. I was the only guy that went to hell and came back and got to, I didn't have to do anymore. That, if I was Jesus, that's why I'm not Jesus. You know what I'm saying? But he's like, no, I've lost everything, but I'm still going to pray that every heart will be arrested for what I did. Yeah, man, that's a cool thing. That's so cool. That's amazing, actually. So I want to use two people who walked with Jesus quite closely. And I want to, well, I want to take lessons from their lives. Because it's always good to, let me just stop. There are no Bible stories, you know that, hey? Because that would like allude that it's not true. There's only biographies in the Bible. So we look at two men who walked with the Lord. Thank you. That was the spirit. I didn't even have that in my notes. Bobbing right now, bobbing. And so let's look at these guys quickly. So think about this. I want to paint a picture. I might freak out some people this morning. It seems to be my thing. Just bear with me. Think about this. They were both called by Jesus at the same time. So let me read it. Mark 3, 13 to 19. If you want to write down or whatever in your Bible. So Jesus went up to the mountainside. And, uh, and he called to him those who he wanted. And they came to him. He appointed the twelve that uh, he might be with, they might be with him, and that they might, see, he might send them out to preach, verse 15, and to have authority to drive out demons. That's crazy. These are the 12, and he goes on. Simon Peter, who are we going to mention? James, the Zebedee, um, Bartholomew, there's Philip, Thomas, Matthew, and then Judas Iscariot, who would betray him. And so you need to, you need to know this about Peter and Jude. They were called at the same time, they were given the same authority. They were probably friends because they lived with each other for three years. They ate together, slept together, hung out together. Hey, did Jesus really say that? What was that parable about? Hey, did you see that? Think about it. They, they probably knew each other pretty well. They were probably like buddies giving fist pumps or uh, these days you don't know what you're doing. You know, like they were both disciples of Jesus. They lived together for 24 hours a day. They kind of like, they didn't really stick out much, except for right at the end when Peter's life changes and Judas's life changes. But they were just part of the 12. Have you ever thought of that? Because Judas has always made this villain, like, he's always the villain in the story. I don't, I don't know about that. We'll, that's where you're going to freak out a little bit now. But let's just check, check this. The bad news is, and there's always got to be bad news for the good news. Like when I got home the other day, Abby's like, you want the bad news or the good news first? I'm like, oh. I went for the bad news first. Because then at least that's out of the way. And then what is the good news? And it wasn't actually, actually that bad. And so with the gospel, there's bad news. And then there's good news. And the bad news is we all suck without Jesus, basically. 
We're all going to a lost eternity. We're all, hell is destined for every single person who does not believe because you're condemned. Oh, that got heavy. But that's the truth, right? And so the bad news is both of these guys were attacked by Satan and both of them messed up badly. So Judas portrayed Jesus as we know for 30 silver coins and he was attacked by Satan. John 13, 27. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered him. So Jesus told him, what you're about to do, do it quickly. That's crazy. Peter, in Luke twenty two thirty one, 31, says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. So you've got, you got guys that are living, they're living together. They, the disciples, they're following Jesus. They've got the same authority. They know each other. They're well. Jesus predicts, for both of them, Satan's after you. You're going to do something against me. That's, poof. it's all of us, actually. Because Romans 3, I think it's Romans 3, 23, says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This is the bad news. We're going to go bad news and then good news, okay? And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. So the cross is the redemption. It's the grace. All of us have fallen short of glory. All of us have missed God. And then it goes on to say, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. This is awesome. So instead of me being crucified on a cross, nails through my, my flesh, beaten up, crown of thorns, Jesus took my place. Another scripture, which I didn't put in my notes, is he who had no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Your, that's powerful. It's like, as if Christ became the worst of bread, and he went to the cross, and he atoned for my sin by taking my sin upon himself. That he would die and not me. Look, my body will die, but my spirit won't die. That's the point. Yo, that's cool. That's very cool. That's like... <laughs> God presented Christ as atonement through the shedding of his blood. To be received by faith. And so there's a giving of salvation and forgiveness and cleansing of the blood. And the two videos you're going to be watching on Wednesday talks about sin and it talks about his blood. I don't want to take too much from the videos because Monet is a phenomenal teacher. He is like, go watch it before even Wednesday. It'll do, it'll do you so well. And at the start to hear thing. And man, he just puts it in such a beautiful way of how God cleanses us by his blood. So I don't want to go into that too much. But then it says, by receiving our faith, he did not demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left sins committed before the unpunished. And so Jesus came. Man, this is, like this should get our hearts like, like Jesus did that for me. <laughs> so that I can have a new heart. So that even though we have been attacked and the world is the world and the stuff is happening and the, you know, like our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of the seventy year realm. It's just like we're coming, but, but Jesus. But Jesus, it's like, and so they both live together. They're both the same. Jesus feels like, hey, guys, this is bad news, man. Like, so what is the difference? Like, Oh, and the intentions were good. Like, so often, like, they both had their quirks. Like, Peter was bombastic. He just 
kind of did things before he's, he could think of them. Like, he's always the guy, like, me, Jesus, me, Jesus. Like, he's like Donkey and Shrek. It's like, he wants to go on a, and like, he's like, hey, choose me, choose me, choose me. And like, he's that kind of person that choose me. And like, like Shrek, like, anyone else, anyone else? Peter kind of, and he gets himself into quite a lot of trouble, actually. Judas, on the other hand, he had money problems. He liked the money. And that was his downfall at the end, to a certain degree. And so he, who is here? Who here is perfect? Put up your hand. Liar. No, just kidding. Out. And then you have no authority over me. Whoa, this is awkward. <laughs> sorry, sorry, just trying to comedic relief or whatever. Like, that's the point. Like, God's law is God's law. We can't achieve it without Christ. That is the point. It, Christianity and being a disciple and not a Christian, as we heard a few months ago, Rian's amazing preach again. It's an impossible thing to do without Christ. And like, our good intentions are going to actually leave us nowhere. And so, this is Judas. I mean, I'll, I'll give you the reference. Matthew 26, 25. Judas then, then Judas, the one who would portray him said, surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Like, like, get that in your mind. It's like, He's going, surely not me. I'm not going to portray you. His intentions were good. The word of God says our good deeds are like filthy rags. Can we go there? So you know what it means, biblically. Blood-filled, used tampons. That is that word. So our best deeds, on our best day, with the best intentions, to God are like filthy rags. Used bloody tampons. <laughs> See, the trap that we find ourselves falling into all the time, because it's in our movies and in the music we're listening to, if it's not Christian music, and even some Christian music actually, is we are good people. We make good decisions. That's absolute nonsense. Everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, we're still in the bad news. So we've got to start moving to the good news. Pretty soon. Peter... He's also got good intentions. He's like, even if all fall away on your account, I will never. <laughs> so Jesus warns him both. Satan's sifting you guys. Satan's getting in there. He's, he's, the door is open. Watch out. Be careful. They both come back. Surely not me. Both of them. Not just Judas. Peter as well. <laughs> it's crazy, eh? Yo. And then Chamos happens. And so then we, we see them both mess up. Judas takes money, portrays Jesus. We'll look at that just now. Peter denies him three times. And you need to understand, this is the part where you're going, I'm an old Christian, why are we talking about salvation again? I'm being saved. Are you sharing this with other people? This is a good way of doing it. So we see in Genesis 3, at the fall of man, this is where it all starts. Adam and Eve eat from the tree of good and evil. Before then, they've only known good. Now the eyes are open. The three things that come out of the fallen nature at the beginning is this. <laughs> There's shame and afraidness. They are fearful. We're naked. They're hiding, <laughs> which is the second thing. And then they blame each other, and the serpent is the third thing. And that's what sin does. So if you want to share the gospel with someone, we're like, 
Hey, what's your name, bro? Adam. I know your name. This is like a play-play thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I thought you'd be on the same page as me. I could check. He was just sleeping and I woke him up now. I'm saying, yeah, you need to go to bed earlier, bro. No gaming, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm only kidding. So, so we've never met. Hey, Adam, how's it, bro? How you doing, man? Jesus died for your sins. This is super awkward. This isn't in my notes either, so this could go, this could go really bad. I'm going to share the gospel with you, but this would be lame because if I went to you and you, anyway, so I'm like, hey, dude, do you, like, do you feel peace and stuff like in you right now as an unbeliever? Just play along. Oh, sorry, what's your name, bro? You, I think this is actually for you more. So, sorry, yeah, sorry, but there's no hope for you, bro. You know what I'm saying? So are you feeling peace right now? Can I tell you why? Because God has created you with eternity in your heart. In other words, he's created you not to die, actually. But you know, deep down inside somewhere, like the sin and the stuff that you're thinking about, maybe you're looking at porn, maybe you listen to heavy metal music and it's making you go suicidal. I don't know what's kind of happening. Is it the music thing? Awesome. You're trying to fill your heart with kind of things. And you are like, like you're ashamed, you're fearful, you don't know what the future holds. And you're trying to hide your sin by listening to music, wearing the coolest clothes, trying to fit in with the crowd. And wherever your friends go, you go with them because you don't want to be left out. And you're afraid and you want to hide and you want to, but you blame blaming like, oh man, that guy, that pastor with the beanie that one day. And he's, God, that, oh, and you just, but you know what? Jesus came and he's like, no, but you don't have to experience any of this. All you need to do is experience peace. And it comes through Jesus. So, I can introduce you to him, or not, or you can think about it, but I really feel like he, he loves you, man. And his word says that, and if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord, man, you'll find peace like you've never felt before. It might not mean that your problems will dissipate immediately and dissolve and that, but you'll have something that you don't have now. Do you want it? So at that moment... I've just shared the gospel in like very quickly. I think he does actually want to get saved again. That's amazing. <laughs> he needs to get saved first time. That got awkward quickly. It can be as simple as that. So now he could either go, man, please pray for me. I want to believe in my heart and confess my mouth. Win. Or he could go, you're a freaking crazy guy. Get away from me. Win. You can't fail at evangelism. Because the problem with him right now is the seed is planted. <laughs> the most dangerous thing you could ever do is come to church on a Sunday morning and not be a believer and then hear the gospel. It doesn't matter if you want to spit at me, punch me in the face, throw things at me. Actually, you've just heard the good news. It's pretty cool, hey? And so people, they're doing that. You're doing this. Shame, hide, blame, shame, hide, blame. And you check it. They're like, afraid. Uh, what happened? Why are you naked? Oh, no, she made me do it. And he's like, no, you made me do it. And the poor serpent, the serpent made me do it. Everyone's blaming everyone else. And that's what we do. We try to cover ourselves with fig leaves and blame everything else in the world. But actually, at the end of the day, when you die, you're going to be standing in front of Jesus by yourself, in a sense. He's going, I died for you. What did you do with that? So as much as he's coming back for his church, his church is made up of individuals, you and me. It's beautiful, man. Yes, I love the gospel. Get all excited and ah, almost there. Sure, this is, time is going really quick. So the question I want to ask now is, then what, why was Judas lost and Peter saved? 
And the question, I think, is this. That their hearts were positioned (laughs) differently. Positioned differently. The, The understanding of Jesus was different. So let me explain. So Judas had money issues. And I think that was ultimately his downfall. But he, also, he was also a zealot. And zealots, and there were a few of zealots on Jesus' 12-man team. Zealots believed, milit- like in a militant kind of way, that Jesus was going to be like a David type of character who would come physically and physically overthrow the Roman government. So let me put it, let me pose a a scenario to you. What if, because of the zealot thinking, Judas is going, man, I can't score some bucks, but I'm just going to help Jesus by nudging him forward to becoming the king that I believe he is. And so I'm going to go and bring these guys to the garden where I know he's going to be. I'm going to kiss him on the cheek because this is going to be the nudge that Jesus needs because the time is near and they've just broken bread. The Last Supper has happened. Jesus predicted it. He's taken the three with them to pray all night, and they didn't do that. And now's my time. Think about that. Have you ever thought of it like that before? And then he does that. (laughs) And the one who loves him takes a sword and off the ear. That must have been amazing, like a John Wick vibe. Ear comes off, slow motion, Quentin Tarantino kind of thing, blood squirting everywhere. Crazy stuff in the Bible. Sorry, I'm going to come back to points. But so Jesus, he does something significant. He goes in Mark 14, 47, he says, And the one of those standing near drew the sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus 48, I says this, Am I leading a rebellion? said Jesus. That you have to come with sword and clubs to capture me. Every day I was with you teaching in the temple courts. And you did not arrest me. But as the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. So let's just put this into context. So Judas is a zealot. He's thinking he's nudging Jesus forward to be this king that he thinks he is. As Jesus said, am I leading a rebellion? I think Judas's whole world fell apart. He was like, oh my goodness, the Jesus I thought I was following is not the Jesus I thought I was following. My nudge for him to be king is not actually, he's not leading a rebellion. What is going on here? (laughs) See, the, the reason why I'm mentioning this is there's a lot of gospels out there right now that are false gospels. There's the gospel of comfort. Jesus just wants me to be comfortable. And there's a learner gospel. I don't need to go to church. I can watch it online because I am the apostle, the preacher, the teacher. The, I don't need people in me. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's the prosperity gospel where they're actually just milking people for money and resources. And There's the hippie Jesus gospel where I can just do whatever I want, whenever I want, just lapsadaisy, do my thing. There's a sexual Jesus gospel where I can watch porn because it's cool because everyone else does it or I can sleep with whoever I want to sleep with or I can be whatever gender I want to be or do whatever. You know, all of those gospels are the false gospel. I'm telling you now, 
The word of God says this, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. The point of this is this. Are you bowing on this side of eternity or on that side of eternity? Because if you are following the wrong Jesus, because you made him up, and it's not the Jesus of the Bible that we are preaching about, you are going to end up bowing before him one day, and he's going to be going, I never knew you. And I think that's what happened to Judas. <laughs> that's crazy. Thank you. Everything he thought fell to the floor. So Simon Peter, what was the difference? Why was Peter saved and, and Judas lost? I think Peter saw Jesus for actually who he really was. So let me, let me read quickly. Matthew 16, and then we'll start ending. Matthew 16, 13, 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the man is? This is what I preached with you guys actually last week. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say, um, still others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Those are all amazing people to be likened to. I mean, I like Jeremiah, I'm going for him. Like, I want to be a Jeremiah. Or John the Baptist, I call him Creepy John. Like, he was weird. <laughs> creepy John. I think I got it from one of the things I was watching the one day. I was like, Creepy John. That's quite a cool name. You know, like, man, if I was likened to any of those, I'd be like, yeah. And Jesus takes him to a region where there's prostitutes, there's Man, we were there in Israel. There, like, there were like demonic stuff there. Like, he doesn't take them away and, and protect them. He's actually putting them in the heart of like, the where there's so many distractions. And it's like, hey, who do the people say I am? <laughs> Think about our lives. We, there's distractions all the time. Pressure all the time. And, and, then he, and then he flips the question, who do the people say I am? All these things. And then he says to them, well, what about you? Who do you say the Son of Man is? Who answers? Simon Peter. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus says, Jesus replies in verse 17, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by the Father in heaven. And I tell you, Peter, on this rock, you're born you, and he goes on. And so you see two men, very similar, sifted, attacked, had good intentions. <laughs> but the difference is the Jesus they followed, or their thinking at least around that, was different. Peter knew this was the Son of God. This is the real deal. The Messiah of the living God. The one who brings salvation and eternal life. Not a zealot, not a physical king that rules on this earth. So let's start so their hearts, the response of their hearts were different too. Work. Sorry. See, in the book of Revelation 3 verse 20, it says, God says this, Here I am. I stand and at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them. And they with me. And so I feel like the Lord is wanting you to show that your heart is a doorway for him. And he's knocking. Poof, poof, poof. Every day he's knocking. Poof, poof, poof. Brett, let me in. In this situation. Let me in in this meeting. Let me in on the soccer field or the rugby field. Let me in. 
He's not, it's not just knock, knock. I mean, he's in, but so often we put, we close the door on him. <laughs> it's every day. And he's interceding. He's praying. If, if he wasn't praying for us, they would be open all the time. I want to give you a new heart. I want to give you a new heart. So, Judas, what happens with him is Judas' sin crushes him. And we actually heard this. Your word was actually spot on. Like you preached my whole preaching in like one word. Well, like one sentence, which is bad for me because I took a whole like 30 minutes to do what you said in like two minutes. It's, Judas' sin crushed him and he ran away from God. Con, con, condemnation is that. The condemnation, ah, okay, I can't go to Jesus now. <laughs> I'm going to do it my own way. Check, check what happens. Check what happens. So 20, Matthew 27, 1 to 5. Matthew 27, 1 to 5. It says this. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders and the people had made their plans and they had to have Jesus executed. So they bound him up and led him away and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Listen to this, verse 3. When Judas, who betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 silver pieces to the chief priests and the elders. And he said, in verse 4, I have sinned. I have portrayed innocent blood. Do you check what's happening here? The zealot in him is going, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Everything I believe is not right. It's not true. I've, ah. Think about it. I didn't think he was like calm. Like, hey, here's some money. Here's your money back. He was freaking out. He was losing his mind. His whole world had fallen down. He was feeling, yes. And they say to him, what is this to us? They replied, that's your responsibility. And so Jesus threw the money in the temple and left. And then he went and hung himself. So John 3.17 says this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You need to understand something about sin. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or if you have known him and you have fought, Actually, you, you are in condemnation already. So Judas was like, oh my God, ah, 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 too much for me. And he goes and hangs himself. He realizes he's a sinner. He tries to make a right. He, but he ran to the wrong people. He ran to the religious system. He ran to people. He ran to himself, his own ability. Man, so often, I, I mean, I've been a pastor for a long time now. When people are needing God, they run away from him. But when people are needing physical healing, if it's cancer or flu or whatever, where do we go? To the doctor. It's weird how when you spiritually need a doctor, we run away from Christ. <laughs> and I see that over and over and over again because you're allowing condemnation to take preference rather than conviction. And they do feel very similar, I must say. Peter, on the hand, his sin convicted him and he ran towards Christ. So now this is where some might differ with me and that's cool. I hear this a lot when, they, when there's preaching about the disciples after the betrayal and all of that, that the disciples went back to what they used to do. Like they went back to comfort. I don't think that was true. The reason why I don't think that was true is because there's three scriptures in, in um, the, uh, Mark and Matthew that say this. Mark 7, uh, 16, 7 says, But go... Tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to, into Galilee. And there you will see him just as he told you. Matthew 26, 32. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. 
Matthew 28, 10. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and, I will, and they will see me there. So what has happened here is, <laughs> Judas is, Judas is, oh my goodness, and he hangs himself. And in a sense, if we're not following Christ, we're actually doing spiritual suicide. Where Peter actually heeds the words of Christ. But, but think about it. Like, it's, it's, it's quite crazy because in Luke twenty two sixty one, put yourself in Peter's thing. And I'm almost done. I've got like one more slide off this. Then the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the words the Lord spoke to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. You don't, you don't understand. Like, think about this. Jesus is getting smashed. Peter is actually the only one that's still there in the vicinity. Everyone else had run away. And Jesus looked straight in his eye. And he said, remember what I told you, bud? If I was Peter, I would be broken. But... Instead of falling to condemnation, he gets convicted. What? Okay, now what? Ah, Galilee, Galilee. Go back to Galilee. Yes, they went back and they were fishing because they were fishermen. I mean, I was in Galilee. Galilee is a, a tiny place. It's not a very big place at all. There's not much kind of else going on there. So yes, they went and they were fishing. But they went, I think Peter went because Jesus told them to go. Not because they went back to comfort. And so you might be sitting here going, bro, this, where's the good news? The good news is this. <laughs> Jesus wants to restore and save. And he wants to actually convict you. Because sin is a barrier for our relationship with God. Have you ever experienced this? You're in a rush. You hit the road in your car, your motorbike, whatever. And there's one slow car after the next slow car. Uh, and then there's a flipping donkey cart. And then there's a th- three million checkers bikes that are riding all over the place. And all you wanted to do is get from here to there. All I, it took me 40 minutes on Friday evening to go from M1 City to my house. I mean, it's literally a two-minute drive. 40 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Sin is exactly that. It's like we sin barrier. Slows us down. Sin barrier slows us down. Sin barrier slows us down. Before we know it, we're not even getting there. And inside you're going, what is wrong? God, ah. And it's like, God, don't, don't, don't blame me for tempting you because I don't tempt anyone by bad things. It's only by the evil intent inside that you're tempted. Ooh. That's in the book of James. And so the good news is, Jesus, the grace of God has been given so that we can choose what is right. It's actually a scripture. I should have put it in my notes, but I didn't. The grace of God is the grace that we have to choose what is God and what is not God. It's to run towards him when we need to and not away from him. And so I want to end with a question. Ezekiel, again, I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll renew, I'll remove the heart of stone and put a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit in you and you will follow me. See, John 3, 16 is, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that he ever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Are you following him? Is your heart new? 
Or have you followed him? And you've fallen, your heart's fallen away from him. It can happen. <laughs> and this morning, I believe with everything in me that he wants to do something significant in every single one of us. Because the power is not in my words, the power is in his word. Who do you say he is? Really? And what Jesus are you following? And so we're going to pray. <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to do anything? Are you cool? Where is your heart? Is your heart positioned towards him or away from him? And can I just say, like, there's nothing we can do. It's only by his grace and his love and his mercy that we can receive the salvation and this newness and the lack of fear and hope. So Father, as we've come here, we've had an amazing morning so far. Breaking bread together, fellowshipping, worshipping. Lord, we're here because we want to look like your son Jesus more daily. We're here because we declare that you are the living God, the Messiah. And Father God, I want to ask right now that if there's anyone here in this place that doesn't know you in this way, that you will reveal who you are to them from heaven right now in this moment. That you will open up their spiritual eyes to see you as their Lord and their Savior, the one who came to live to die, to be risen again, so that they can have life with you and know you for eternity. Which brings peace and hope and love and life. And for those who are maybe slid away from you, God, who have fallen into the ruts of the world, who have been robbed by bad theologies and Preachers that preaching what the itchy ears want to hear. Lord, that right now to you, your grace will come upon them. And then Lord, we also want to trust for those family members, friends, colleagues who desperately need to know the good news. That you've come to save them. And as we're going to put names on papers, Lord. It's just a thing. That's just a thing. But Lord, we want to earnestly put our prayer behind that. So Lord, we desire to see those people saved. So as we as are closed and we're contemplating these things, I want to throw an invitation out um, to anyone here that doesn't know Christ as Lord and Savior. And just because you go to church or you've prayed once or twice or you've lifted up your hands in worship, that doesn't make you saved. That just makes you religious. If you know that you know, like in your heart, you haven't given your heart to him. You haven't bowed to him. You haven't said, Jesus, I don't want to live for me anymore. I want to live for you. I want your salvation. I want your kingdom. I want your way, not my way. I want to, I want to invite you to receive from Jesus this morning. And he says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. I'll read it for us. 
And then I'm going to throw the thing. It says this in, in Romans 10 verses 9 and 10. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God rose him from the dead, you will be saved. For if, your, if with your heart that you believe are justified, it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and be saved. And there's something about believing, faith coming, confessing, salvation comes. Condemnation falls away, conviction comes, and we start living like Jesus. And so, as your eyes are closed, is there anyone here? Can you just wag your hand at me or something? Or just go, hey, Brett, that's me. I'd love to lead you in a prayer. And obviously, see who you are, because we're going to rejoice and be all pumped up and happy after. But is there anyone here? You're going, man, Brett, that's me. That's like, there's something in me right now. <laughs> I need, I need to step into this new thing called a relationship with Jesus. Anyone? So I linger a little bit. It's a big decision. Last call. Anybody that's like, hey man, that's me. Cool. Maybe you're a Christian here. And you're going, man, my heart is not where it should be. I'm falling into my sin like trying to do it my way like Judas. And I'm blaming God or I'm not finding life and I feel like I'm stuck in religion and I'm going to ask you to respond to him today too. But I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to be bold. I want you to stand where you are because there's something about faith, like standing, doing something, some action, some bold thing. God always says, hey, if I call you, I'm going to make you do bold things. And so if that's you and you're like, man, again, this is a test. Are you being convicted or are you being condemned? Because the, the, the thing is like, oh, if I stand, what are people going to think? Who cares what people think? Actually, this is family. And so if that is you, can you stand with me? And we're going to pray together and just trust. Well done, bud. Well done. Amazing. Anyone else? We'll take our time. Jesus, really speaking.